Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. All right. What up? Hey. How you doing, Chris? Good. Good. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> it is good to be back in the lounge, in, the pod lounge. In the, the POD lounge. I, I don't know. I you don't like that. that. I don't. I don't. I do like who we have in the lounge, though. I'm glad we're back here. We're back with, with Doug. Doug R. Yeah. Yo. A-H-R. A-H. Uh, Real quick, funny story there. I got a note this week from a parent. Dear Mr. R. Yes. Period. Yes. I thought that when I first met you. Most people do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what's that stand for? You're She's like, all the time. Hey, my, what's, what's the R stand for? Rubinowski. Thanks. Let's move on. <laughs> Just tell them I'm, I'm, a pirate, I'm a pirate's favorite teacher. Oh, I've never heard that one. Oh, my yeah. Gosh. Oh, Whatever, Lil Bashoy. <clears throat> Ooh. Oh, yes. That was so awesome. I understand. Shot I deserve that one. That was I deserve that so one. So awesome. Because of my dumb pirate joke. It's okay. Well, you Lil, get one of them done. Lil, <laughs> just one. Because <laughs> remember, I've got the mute button right That's here. That's right. That podcast wasn't very good. We didn't have much. <laughs> Chris, well, heavy on the edit button. That's right. Never. Hey, I, we want to jump right back in. Yes, because last week was awesome. Yeah, hearing uh, about Doug, your life, your what you're about, and and learning and growing from each other. I yeah. mean, I think that's what as the three of us sit here in this room. Like, I can look at both of you. Hopefully, you guys can look at me as well. Like this this brotherhood, and I want to say brother and sisterhood. Yeah, you know, of people that are following Jesus, pursuing this way of life and how we learn and grow and are encouraged by each other and yeah. just hearing story and testimony of God's faithfulness and how he uses us. And yeah. it's pretty powerful. So, so we kind of finished up the last episode leading into, you know, everything that we learned in that, in, in last, last week's episode has led to, um, you know, a pretty powerful, you, uh, let me put it this way. I wrote down love through tragedy. Mm. Um, But before we even get into the most recent, like when you and I were in that uh, men's group, uh, and and I think it was even, I think it was well after maybe your mom had passed, um, you were still talking about, you know, dates and anniversaries or, or struggling with, maybe even questioning the Lord in like, Mm. why? And this was hard and this was difficult. Can you, are you open to sharing about, you know, whether it's the whole story with your mom, but like what you obviously had a connection, uh, were very connected with your mom. Her death was very pivotal in your life. And you want to share that? Yeah. So not at all embarrassed to admit mama's boy. Um, very, very close with my mom. Um, you know, I mean, she was the one, when I decided to go into teaching, she was my number one fan, right? So mm-hmm. uh, July 5th, 2006, normal day. And my wife and I are out on a motorcycle ride and decide to stop by mom and dad's place to see them. And 
got there about five o'clock and dad came out and was talking to us. He's like, Oh, your mom laid down to take a nap. And I'm like, all right, well don't wake her up. You know, it's fine. And we talked for about an hour or so. And I'm like, well, we need to get going. And I went in to wake her up and you know, it's one of those things. I, I think there's times when your brain takes snapshots of things that like you're never going to forget. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget walking into my mom's bedroom and looking at her on the bed and knowing right away something was wrong. And, you know, just, I mean, things that you never think you're going to have to do, like performing CPR on your mother, it's surreal. Mm-hmm. And um, she passed. And, man, I was angry. And when I say angry, like, at God, just like, because it, to this day, we don't know what happened. Even after the autopsy, it's like, we don't know. She laid down to take a nap. She didn't wake up. And was just furious, furious with God and was having troubles sleeping, wasn't eating, which that's a big deal for me. <clears throat> and uh, having people trying to, you know, show me love and care and, I, you know, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. Shut your mouth yeah. and everything. And basically came to, I think it was roughly two, three weeks after she died. And, um, before mom had died, my birthday's in July 24th. And I had talked about, I wanted to get a cross to wear on a chain. That's what I have on now. And that all happened. And that just kind of got put on the back burner. And so Saturday night I'm laying there in bed and I'm just staring at the ceiling. I don't remember what time it is, but you know, it should be asleep. And I'm crying and I'm just so angry. And I just was like, you know what? I, I can't, I can't anymore. And I just, if you're there, you got to do something. I'm done. And went to sleep and got up the next morning and went out to get in my car. And I sat down in my car and <laughs> it looked like somebody had taken their finger and drawn a cross on my windshield. Huh. And I did the whole, I, 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 I like shook my head, like, am I seeing that? Or, you know, have I, have I lost it? You know, and I'm looking and I went in and I got Val up. I'm like, come, I said, I don't, I'm not going to say what I see, but when you sit there, do you see that? She, she's like, oh my gosh, it's a cross. And was just like, okay. And so this cross that I wear actually has my mom's, mother's ring cut on it to look like a butterfly. Oh, wow. So, um, that was a pretty pivotal point for me, but still, I mean, here's the thing that was 16 years ago. And there's still times when I can think about my mom and get emotional, but I, that that's good too. I mean, I, I miss my mom. I love my mom, but you know, the fact that it was clearly a sign that's like, Hey, God's here in the midst of this horribleness. He's here. Yeah. So mm. I would say, does that answer your question about with my mom? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> how does, how are you with that? I mean, in the, in that moment, feeling like you're doubting God because of hurt and pain, mm-hmm. like, does that, uh, how did, how did you then? And how maybe now would you, I think it's very 
then it was just uh, push all that down. <laughs> just push that down into those dark spaces we don't like to talk about and yeah. be all right. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Ah, I'll be fine. Be fine, you <laughs> yeah, know. And, and the yeah. problem with that is, is that works for a period, right? And then you know it'll bubble up and over. Um, very different to this last year. Sure. Well, let's then let's get to that because you had, and I didn't even know the story about your mom. You know, so you had meeting God out of your mom's death. Yeah. Everything we heard about last year. Right. Or everything we heard about last episode where, you know, you have this, I don't know, this spiritual challenge from the Lord mm-hmm. during, during the, the beginning of lockdown, right. That you, that you answered and he, he answered right. in spades and took you somewhere that you'd never been in your walk with the Lord, right. Took you somewhere on such solid footing and in a new place with him. And then what happens? So another date is uh, September 16th, 2021. Um, I'm at school. It's the middle of the day. Um, The way my lunch period works is my fifth period kids I have for about a half hour and then we go to lunch and then they come back. So at 12, 12, when they go to lunch, I walk over to my desk and I never have my cell phone, the ringer turned on during the day. And I look and there's a voicemail from my stepmom, which... Right away, I'm like, that's a little weird. They know my hours, you know. But my dad had been having some health issues. So I thought, oh, okay. So I listened to the voicemail, and it's so garbled. I think it's like a transmission issue. Like, I, because they live in the desert, and sometimes when you call them on their phone, it just, you know, you, you drop signal and so forth. So I call her number, and she answers, and she's hysterical, and I can't hear what she's saying. And I'm, hey, what, you know, calm down, calm down, calm down. And then um, a Nye County Sheriff, which is where they live in Nevada, gets on the phone and tells me that my father shot himself. And just a minute of almost like freeze frame. And I, and I remember saying like, did you just say my dad shot himself? <laughs> And I'm not laughing at that, but it's just yeah, it, yeah, the yeah. Sur- surrealness of it. Yeah. He goes, yes, sir, I'm sorry to inform you of that. And so then I said, another freeze frame. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay, in his foot, it, was it accidental? I go, was it accidental or intentional? And he goes, no, it was intentional. For, and it, it's just, you know, you're like, what in the world? And he's, the sheriff is like, sir, he goes, I'm on the other line with your brother. I'm like, okay. I said, uh, I'm going to get off the phone. If you can tell my brother, I'll call him in five, 10 minutes. And I went to hang up. I said, well, one last thing. I said, is he gone? And the guy said, yes, sir. I'm sorry to inform you that he's passed. So I hung up the phone and now it's like 1215. And I don't know, like time is weird in this area because I don't know. But I remember sitting at my desk and what what do I do? What am I supposed to do now? And I'm sitting, and I sat there long enough to be like, I've got to get out of here before those kids come back, mm. because I can't, I I just can't be here right now. Yeah. And so I got up and I walked out my door into the hallway, and one of my really good friends, a 
across the hallway teaches and he just happened to come out because he heard my door open and he doesn't know. And he's like, Hey man, what's going on? I'm like, my dad just killed himself. And he just kind of grabbed me and he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he goes, I think we should go talk to the principal. I'm like, all right, let's go talk to the principal. So we went downstairs to the principal's office and walked in and the secretary is like, Hey guys, you know, cause nobody know. And yeah. I said, yeah. Hey, is uh, Denny here? Yeah. He, he just got back from a meeting. He's in his office. Okay. So we walk in and Hey guys, what's going on? And I kind of shut the door and you know, you could tell when I shut the door, he knew something's up. I said, Denny, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, I just got a phone call that my father committed suicide. And Part of me feels bad because it's like, how do you tell somebody that without it being just a gut punch? Yeah. Right? So what do you do? You just tell them. And he's like, what do you need us to do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, well, and I'm like, I think I need to go. He's like, no problem. Let's go. So we walked back upstairs and my first thought was like, I got to, I got to contact my wife, but I'm, I'm not going to call her on the phone and do that so you know trying like what do I take with me you know and okay and then I remember Denny and Dave were both like are you are you okay to drive I'm like yeah I'm okay I think you know okay and I just I'll you know my, my co-workers and my boss were just above and beyond through all this because I remember the last thing Denny said to me was don't worry about anything so got in my car my wife works downtown Fort Wayne. Uh, it's a Thursday at 1230, whatever. She's going to be at work. So I drive downtown from my school, which is probably a 20-minute drive, pull into her parking lot. Her car's not there. I'm like, what in the world? Where is she at? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, she has a doctor's appointment today. Back up north. <laughs> so I drive up there, pull into her doctor's apartment or doctor's office parking lot. She's not there. And I don't want to call her and tell her this. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll go back. I must have missed her somewhere. I'll go back downtown. And as I'm pulling out of her doctor's parking lot, she pulls in. She sees me. She immediately like, sure. something's up. Sure. So I got to tell my wife. She's upset, obviously. So we get home. And by this time, I'm back on the phone with my brother and my stepmom and you know, what do we, what do we do? We don't know what to do, you know? And I said, well, let me talk to Val and I'll call you back. And Val and I both were just sitting there and I'm like, I need to go. And I was like, yeah, I think you need to go. I'm like, okay. So I called my brother and my stepmom. I'm like, I'm on my way. As soon as I get details figured out, I'll let you know. So, um, so it's like, okay, uh, I need to get a plane. <laughs> what do I do? You know? And I started first, I'm like, well, I'll search. And I'm like, that's too hectic. I just called the airline directly and got the lady on the phone. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. I need to get to Nevada. And I said, I can leave from Indy, Detroit, or Chicago. What do you have? You know, and she's like, well, I have this, 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 this. I'm like, okay, I can't make those. Oh, that one in Chicago I can make. Okay. Pack a bag, kiss my wife, and leave. You know, I, I get 15, 20 minutes down the road. I'm like, I just left my wife. She's grieving too. I just, you know, I just abandoned my wife. In hindsight, though, the importance of family, my cousins, my second cousins, 
had been notified about it. They came over and sat with my wife that That's night. That's cool. You know? That's cool. So driving to Chicago and, you know, we all know when you go to Chicago, it can be a two-hour drive. It could be a 12-hour drive. <laughs> and I'm doing really good on time <laughs> until I get about to where, well, it's not Comiskey, U.S. Cellular Field or whatever it is. Sure. And it's just, it stopped. And I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss my plane. You know, what am I going to do then? So I get to the airport with about 45 minutes to spare drive to the long-term parking. <laughs> Every long-term parking is at capacity. Hmm. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And there's a guy there. Hey man, I need, I need to find a place to park. He's like, Hey, no worries. Here's a voucher. You can park up in the garage for the same price as the long-term. Okay, great. So I go flying up to the airport. I get turned around. And finally I'm like, I've got to get in the airport right now. I'm going to miss my flight. So I find a, what I thought was a long-term parking area, park, run into the, basically talk to you. And as I was talking to you, I'm like, I got to go. They're calling me, yep. get on the plane, get into Vegas at one in the morning, September, high to COVID. There's no rental cars. There was one. Yeah. Um, and I won't tell you how much that cost me, which was ridiculous. And then I drive another hour, hour and a half to where they live in Nevada West and get there and, you know, trying to be there for my stepmom. But, you know, she found my dad and I just, I can't even imagine what that's like for her and went to sleep. I guess you could call it sleep. I don't know, but got up the next morning because the time change is all off and was really, I'm mad. I'm upset. I don't, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And okay, I need, I need to get in the Bible. <laughs> and I pulled up one of my daily apps that I read and I shared this in my teaching a couple of weeks ago. The daily verse was Ephesians six eleven, which is what I have tattooed on my arm. And it was just an affirmation. It's like, okay, you're here. And, um, my stepmom's parents who are still alive and her brother came in. So they were there for a day or so. And then they left. And so then it goes through the process of trying to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of for my father, you know, just, phone call after phone call after phone call. And unfortunately got some of that done Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday, nobody's in. And then the other thing with COVID, some people are in, some people aren't in spent all day Monday and all day Tuesday on the phone. And so finally Tuesday, uh, Sherry comes in and she's like, Hey, let's go get something to eat tonight out, out. You know, let's get out of the house. I'm like, Hey, great idea. Well, where they live, there's not a whole bunch of selection and there's basically two restaurants that we enjoy there. And so we literally flipped a coin and we went to the barbecue place there in their town and we go and they seat us and September and COVID. So they're short staffed and it's busy. So, you know, you're going to have to wait, which I'm perfectly fine with because I'm mentally just shot yeah. and we're sitting there and the hostess walks by and she's probably mid twenties girl and clear as we're talking here, Doug, you need to pray for that girls in my head. And I'm just like, Nah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm mentally done. And, and the part of me, there was a little part of me was like, how dare you ask me to do that right now? You know? <laughs> and every time she walked by the table, wow. Hey Doug, seriously. So almost like a little kid finally, I was like, all right, you know, get <laughs> off my back. I'll do it. And so we got up to pay the bill and she come out of the kitchen and I said, Hey, I said, uh, I know you don't know me from anybody. I said, my name's Doug. She's like, oh, I'm Keandra. And I said, Keandra, this may sound weird and you can tell me no or whatever. I said, but God wants me to pray for you. 
she looked at me weird. I go, yeah, I know it's weird, uh, you know? And she's like, well, what about? And I said, I don't know, Keandra. He didn't tell me what about. He just told me to pray for you. And she looked at me and I said, what's heavy on your heart right now? And she, it was almost like a windshield wiper. Her emotion just changed. And she says, I've been having suicidal thoughts. And I, I started crying. And then, and then I'm sure there's probably like, she's probably like, oh, this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> right. And I said, but Hey, I said, Keandra, I said, let me tell you my story. I'm like, Hey, I'm 2000 miles away from home because last Thursday, my father made that decision. Wow. I said, there's a reason I'm here. There's a reason God told me to pray for you. And so we prayed and she cried and I cried and we hugged each other, you know, and it was really a special moment. And my stepmom at the time was up front. She's kind of looking like, what in the world's going on, you know? And we're walking up the car. She's like, did you know that girl? I'm like, no. Mm. She's like, well, what's going on? And I told her. And she's like, really? And I go, yeah. Wow. And so then I get back to Chicago. And as I'm landing in Chicago, I'm getting all my stuff organized. And I pull up my parking ticket. I had noticed I had parked in short-term parking and I'd been gone for seven days. So I quit getting on my phone and I'm looking at parking rates. It would have been a $600 parking bill. So I call Val and I'm like, Hey, just so you know, <laughs> there might be a $600 charge on the credit card and it's for this. And you know, she, okay. If, if that's what sure. it is, that's what it is. So I'm walking out to the car and there's all these automated kiosks that you can pay, but there's somebody standing there. I go, hey, is there is there a person I'm at the booth? She's like, oh, yeah, there's somebody out there. I'm like, okay, because you get 0% of the things you don't ask for. Yeah, yeah. So I drive out there, and the lady opens the window, and it's an older lady. And I said, uh, hey, you know, and I and I, I said, I, you don't have to do anything here. I said, but I'm going to at least ask you and told her the whole story. And her name was DeLacy. And she goes, well, hold on a second. And she shut the window and it's a blackened window. So I can't see what's going on. I'm like, All right. You know, I'm like, hey, God, could use a little help here. <laughs> she slides the window back open. She goes, you still got that voucher? And I go, yeah, right here. She goes, okay. Shuts the window. <laughs> Time passed. She opens that window. And she goes, as far as I'm concerned, that voucher works here. And I started crying again. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, DeLacy, are you a believer? She goes, well, yeah, sugar. <laughs> I said, can we pray together? And she reached in the car and grabbed me. Yeah, wow. And prayed with her, and that was awesome. And then the other story that I didn't tell real quick is when yeah. we were trying to get finances for my dad yeah. to get his arrangements done. Oh, I remember and this. we were going to sell some things that he owned because that's all we had to do. And yeah. went to a guy and was I was thinking had done you know basic internet research about like, I think the stuff is worth this, if we could get a little bit more than that would be a huge blessing and went in and talked to this guy and came back on that Monday and he looked at everything and he's like, well, I think I can do this for you. And it was double what I was hoping for. And he was another one. I'm like, Hey man, are, are you a believer? And his, his exact words were hell. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're going to pray together. Yeah. He's like, all right, big man, we can do that. Yeah. So wow. you followed up with the waitress too. Yeah. When I got home, 
I'd been home about two weeks and I was thinking about her, you know, because that's, that's heavy stuff. Sure. I'm like, you know what? They got a phone. So I called him. She answered. <laughs> I was like, Hey, Keandra, this is Doug. She's like, who? I go, the big weird guy that prayed with you a couple <laughs> weeks ago. She's like, Oh my gosh. You know? And I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? She's like, I'm doing great. And I go, no, I go, how are you doing? But what we prayed about, she goes, I'm really good. It's like, man, power of God. It's crazy. And there were a few other ripples too, right? There's yeah. A I mean, young lady here in the, after you came back. Yeah. Here in this building. Uh, yeah. There's a, the other, another man who showed up. Yeah. You know, the, the one that, that you yeah. talked about in the podcast yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's the ripple effect of things that it just, it's mind boggling to me because the thing with Mary Beth, I wasn't comfortable sharing that because I knew, because I was, a week, maybe two since I'd gotten back. I don't even know if we'd had dad's memorial yet. If it was, it was right that weekend. And I told Val, I'm like, I don't think I can get through this story without getting really emotional. And she's like, that'll be okay. She's like, I'll be right there with you and tell that story. And Mary Beth didn't say anything to me that night, but then the next week she comes back and she's like, you know, Hey, Hey, you, and she's pointing at me, and I'm literally looking over my shoulder. Like, she's talking about me? <clears throat> she's like, you saved my life, you know? And she's like, you told that story, and I was going to commit suicide, but I went home, and and um, why can't I think of the house mother's name? Lissa? Yes. She came up, and she goes, she showed us in her diary that she had a plan she was going to. Wow. And I made a point afterwards. I came over and talked to Mary Beth, and I feel like we have a pretty good bond yeah. now, you know? It's just like... Hey, I appreciate you shouting out to me, but it's not me. Yeah. I'm just a tool that he's using. Hmm. And it's, <laughs> I want to say, you see and you experience the power of God. You know that he's with you through all of this tragedy. And, and, it, and it's basically just been great ever since, right? <laughs> yeah, it's rainbows and unicorns and cotton candy. Yes. I mean, that was the biggest thing that I wanted to get across in the lesson that I taught less two weeks ago was like, that's not what God offers us. Yeah, yeah. But he does offer to be with us through all of that. That's why, I, you know, I read the footprints thing. Because, sure. And that, the weird thing about that, that was my mom's favorite poem. Mm. So I've known that poem for a long time. And before it was just like, oh yeah, I get it. Well, God's with you, right? Yeah. But now it's like, oh, he's there. Yeah. He's there. Yeah. Whether whether we choose to see it or not, he's there. I mean, I was thinking about that tonight when you were sharing about your dad and the hand on the shoulder. Like it's still there. It's always going to be there. It's mm -hmm. whether we acknowledge the fact that it's there all the time. I mean, I'm sure that you have learned more than you can probably express in the rest of this episode um, from what you've been through. And the reason I say that about it, it's all been great since, which obviously is sarcasm, is because I lost my dad three weeks before you did. And, right. and I remember where I was when Val got a hold of me, like, have you talked to Doug? And when she told me what happened, like, I, I was standing outside a gymnasium trying to you know, taking the call because I knew something was going on because you had called me and then she called me and and just 
broke down because I know, you know, I had, I had experienced that pain, not saying that it's the same, but pain is pain. Yeah. And that you and I have had the ability to walk this, you know, losing our dad, you know, over, we have coffee and we cry together and we pray together and this sucks and is really hard right now. And, you know, all of that and, and how God has used all of it. Yep. Right. And, and that's, I, I I said earlier, you know, I wrote down love through the tragedy and purpose through the tragedy, like regardless of what we have to face, which we're all going to face struggle, hardship, pain, loss of people, difficulty, you know, there's, God's going to use it if we allow him to. Yeah. Well, I think it's the idea of it's a choice. Mm. It's a choice. You know, I choose to believe that he's there because I know he's there, but you know, I mean, I make a choice to lean into him mm. when times are tough, you know, um, Val and I have had some really, strong conversations over the last five, six months. I mean, not to get into it, but even outside of my dad's suicide, there's been issues with her mom recently, her mom's elderly living here and assisted living, um, her brother. And then my buddy, Greg, that was here this past summer, Mm -hmm. he died two, three weeks ago. And you know, you, you can, it's easy to get that mentality. Like, really? (laughs) You know, but like in Greg's death, it brought us much closer and we had some, so just deep conversations in the last few weeks of his life. You know, his wife had called us uh, December 30th and uh, was like, hey, I I think it's time. And we went and visited, you know, and just loved on him and he was, he's ready. He's like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Jesus, you know? And I'm like, I get it, brother. I'm going to be selfish. I don't want you to go. But and then he rallied. <laughs> and then a week later she called me, no, this, this is it. <laughs> and I went, talked to him, same deep. And he rallied, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have a choice in those times and, and it's easy to make that, I think it's easy to make that choice when things are going good. Yeah, sure. It's really easy to make the choice when things are going good. Um, when they're not going good, it, it's easy to point fingers and blame and so forth. And, you know, that's the thing too. It's like, hey, how do we get through the valley? Well, we have to remember that he got us through the valley before. He's been with us on the peak. He's with us now. He's going to help us get out of this one too that's and good. move forward. He's there. I was, you know, it's funny. It's funny you landed. I was just about to ask, you know, because you said you got to make a choice, you know, but but also remembering something you said. I forget if it was earlier this episode or or it might have been last episode, but we were talking about your your mom's death and how angry you were with the Lord. And, you know, Kyle had asked that. Yeah, it was last episode. Yeah. How angry you were with the Lord. And Kyle said, well, how did you express it? You know, and, and you know, we kind of, you kind of joked, no, 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 I just shoved it away. They shoved it all down. Yeah. And so, you know, my, I guess my question is like, what if, what have you learned since then, since then that now, when you talk about making a choice, it's not just, 
oh, I'm just going to shove it deep down, but I'm going to, I'm going to face it with the Lord. Like, what did you, what did, what did you learn? Well, I think the biggest thing was not being, or say this, allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to talk to other people about how I'm feeling and to talk to God about it. I mean, the blessing in, in, in the fact that my stepmom lives in Nevada and the time change, you know, it's seven o'clock there. It's 10 o'clock in my body. So I would be up every day at six o'clock my time, which is three o'clock her time. So I would grab a cup of coffee and I'd go sit down on their patio and they live in the desert in the mm. mountains and I'd watch the sun up and I would, I'd talk to God like he was sitting next to me. Wow. And, and, you know, also having a great circle of people around me too. I mean, every day talking to four or five, six different people and Hey, how are you doing? And not being, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Joel talked about that. How you doing? Fine. <laughs> you know, Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm struggling. I'm so, struggling or whatever. Yeah. You know? So, so the choice to believe God doesn't negate. I still have yeah. valid fears, doubts, anger, whatever yeah. emotions. Yeah. Valid, valid things that I still need to address with the Lord. Yep. But I, at the end of the day, I'm still going to choose his truth over anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, the, what I've learned, especially in the last six months, it's all, it's a choice. Mm. You know, I choose much like my relationship with my wife. I choose to love my wife every day. And I, and I don't mean that in a cavalier sense, but it is a choice, you know, I try to love her the best way possible in the way that she needs me to, but it's still a choice, right? Mm. You, you are you are one. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know what my tagline is going to be next? <clears throat> Discipline equals freedom. Right. I mean, in everything. Discipline in my marriage. Discipline in my walk with Jesus. Discipline in my working out. Discipline in my teaching. Discipline in everything leads to freedom. Quotes, freedom, whatever that means in that situation. Hmm. I was going to say, you're one of the most disciplined character men that I know. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. And and, and you see that even thinking through your story. Like yeah. Yeah. you could, you're a gym guy. Like you can't, I, <laughs> and this is a struggle for me, probably, especially right now in life in general, but I want to get healthy. I want to get stronger. I want, then you've got to do something about it. Yeah. You've got to discipline yourself to be at the gym. You've got to get up for class. You've got to, you know, and I think we live in a society. I think it's easy to fall into, this is what I want, but I'm not willing to be disciplined to get to where I want to be. And that you're seeing that in, in who you have been naturally maybe not naturally, but from a health and wellness and strength perspective, a gym guy to seeing that in engaging with the Lord in this is a choice. And I want to be closer to you. I want to experience your presence. I want to hear your voice as you did in the restaurant with the, the waitress and, and standing on the street corner with us. I don't want to do this. I don't want, this is going to be uncomfortable. I, why right now, but your obedience leads to 
some pretty powerful stuff. Well, and it just, it continues to encourage me because I don't know how many times there has been in the past where I know God's asking me to do whatever. uh, And I've gone, no, I'm not doing that. Mm. You know? And I was having a conversation with somebody just the other day about the fact that, you know, every time that I listen to him and do what he's asking me to do, I've never had a single time that I've regretted it. Huh. That's that's the key. Weird. Weird. <laughs> almost, almost as if we were wired that way. Yeah, <laughs> or, I mean, or something. <laughs> I've never had where he's like, hey, do this, and I do it, and it's like, well, that was horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. oh, okay. And the, and the more you do that, then that's that, that, that cyclic thing where it's like, hey, think about the last time, the last two times, the last 12 times, the last 100 times. Keep going. Wow. That's powerful. Mm. So w- th- this has all been a pretty heavy episode. Mm-hmm. Where 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 do you find the most joy in your life? What are you excited about as you move forward? I have joy when I do get to see where those ripples hit. Mm. That's a selfish thing, but the letters, the, the letters, the two students that are coming to church. Yeah, mm. yeah, you know. Um, I can only imagine the sense of, of pride. I don't mean pride in a pride yeah. way, but, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, the sense of like, well, man, and, God is touching these people. And I'm trying to like express to those guys who are coming. Like you don't even know what you coming. Clearly it's a personal thing you're choosing to do for yourself, but you don't know how somebody else is seeing that yeah. and going, Whoa. You go to kind of like when I tell people I'm a teacher, you're an English teacher. Yeah. No, I don't fit the mold. Right. I know there are people that see me on the corner. Like look at the size of that guy and he's tattooed and he's got a sign that says you are loved. It, I'm, it's a walking oxymoron, right? There's something going on there. So those times that you do get to see where that, hey, I saw that ripple right there. Yeah. I saw where that landed. You know, that, that's, that's what brings me joy. Yeah. And I think like, you know, and I, and I, you know, there'll be a time when you'll be able to see the whole picture, right? The ripple that caused the ripple that caused the ripple. Yeah. I, you know, you know, we've, we've, we've alluded to it, this episode and another episode's Kylie and I too, Mary Beth's story, this, this young girl radically saved, you know, goes, goes right to jail <laughs> after getting right. baptized here. Right. And you know, 30 days, what was it? Yeah, 30 days, 45 days or something, something like that in jail. What? She had to do 90. Oh, was it yeah, 90? It was three months. It was three yeah. months, oh my gosh. It was 90 days. Three months in jail of her like, I'm opening my Bible, I'm standing up for what I believe in, what I, ju- what I just got baptized in. And like, to be able to, my point is to be able to one day uh, be even further back and, and say, and be able to see, and yeah. even have the Lord show you, right? Well, look the ripple of that. And that distance, ripple. Distance that. provides clarity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the fact that Mary Beth now is involved in that woman's group that yeah. she's in and she's yeah. <laughs> loving on people. Amazing. Amazing. Tip that first domino. Seriously. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and I, I, I know when you, when you talked, I, I got to, I, you know, bragged about you a little bit, but I, but I'm struck with when you spoke a few weeks ago and it just, the, it, uh, the connection occurred to me of man, the, the, what what Doug allowed the Lord to do in his heart and through him, 
through his dad's suicide and how you walk that out. I, I believe, and, and again, ripples, right? I believe that work began when you said yes to holding some some sign, right, that made you uncomfortable. And I'm sure there was, you know, there was a ripple from that too. Like that began from a year before when this happened or that right. happened or whatever. But yeah. but to know like, man, and, and for you to be able to share about peace a couple weeks ago and the, and and be able to bring your dad's story and your and your journey through that into there and be able to say, man, no wonder during when the world is literally flipped on its side, you're standing on a corner bringing peace in the name of Jesus to people. You know, and I just, I don't know. I just want to honor you for that. Uh, I admire that. And I, and I, I can't help make those connections. Well, I appreciate that, but it's, it's all about him, sure. you know, and sure. you know, it's when you asked me, what was it? Two months ago. I don't know, whenever about teaching mm-hmm. and you sent me that list of like, Hey, here's, I mean, right away. I'm like Jehovah Shalom. <laughs> That's because, because that way I can make it personal. I can make yeah. it relative. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I think one of the big things we talk about all the time, and I hope what our listeners are hearing is obviously the story, but that your vulnerability has allowed you, the term blessed to be a blessing. Like if you aren't sharing those stories, if you aren't listening to the voice asking you to pray with a waitress, um, I, I, how hard it is, how hard it must have been that first night here to share what had happened and what you'd walked through. Mm-hmm. But how, I mean, we keep talking about this ripple, but blessed to be a blessing. Like, and that takes vulnerability. That takes, yeah, getting off the couch and holding a sign and being vulnerable and being open to doing whatever God, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not ours, but his and, and that's a struggle and that's something we all deal with and work through in a variety of ways. But dude, I'm, I am so honored and proud to be your friend and to, like I said, having the way God's connected our hearts through walking through all this and to be able to, like you said, step back and see the whole picture of, of what, of your impact, what God is doing in you and through you has been incredibly powerful and I'm grateful to call you friend right back at you. (laughs) Well, thanks for being here with us, sharing your story. I know that this has been powerful for our listeners. I mean, I've heard this story, um, what several times and it, I mean, brought me to tears as I'm sure it did a lot of people. So grateful for God's work. Yeah. Grateful for you. And, uh, what do you say? Try this again. I'll try it again next time. I don't, I don't know. I don't, that was the weirdest ending we've had. That was weird. I don't know. Let's, hey, I'm make sure you like, out. comment, and actually check out um, social media, uh, our Instagram page, um, and seriously comment. Uh, I mean, tell us how awesome Doug was and how much the hosts are kind of... Handsome. Okay, I was going the other direction, but I mean, yes, please be be honest. We are... Good looking gentlemen. We are. I think so. Yeah. I mean, anyway. Love y'all. Have a great week. We're done. It's late. (laughs) Peace. Peace. Hello, listeners. This is Kylie. 
after this powerful episode, hearing Doug's story, Chris and I felt that it was appropriate that we would come to you and, and share that we truly care and want to make sure that you have the information available to you. If you are struggling with depression or anxiety, if you're considering taking your own life because of some negative self-talk or just a tough life situation or circumstance that you may be in, we care about you. We want you to get help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day and gives you an ability to talk to someone. It's anonymous, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, 800-273-8255. We've always said that we care about you. You have heard us talk about the value and importance that we put into making sure that we are healthy mentally and emotionally. And so we want you to have this information. If you're considering taking your own life, if you just need to talk to someone, please call that number and get help today. We, again, are excited that we were able to hear Doug's story of how through tragedy, he continues to love well. And may that also be our desire as well, to love people well, to let them know that there's value and worth in their life and that it means the world to someone that they are here and can have an impact on others. We hope you guys are well. We love you. And until next time, peace. Peace.